Under the Tartan Sky, Episode 28, produced 12 June 2016. It is a land of castles and crofts, of sandy beaches and rocky cliffs. There are whiskey distilleries and art museums, fishing villages, and a city of silver. There are dolphin and puffin and a flowering desert. This land is Aberdeenshire, and it is Scotland's undiscovered country, but not for long, as we visit and learn more about Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire here under the tartan sky. Scotland has been changing the world as we know it for centuries, one innovation at a time. The television, telephone, even the tyres on your automobile are all possible thanks to Scottish ingenuity. And that's just the tease. In 2016, Scotland celebrates the Year of Innovation, Architecture and Design. It's a time to discover unique crafts, textiles and designs, including tartan and Harris tweed. A time to marvel at architecture both old and new, from the Scottish National Gallery in Edinburgh to Glasgow's Clyde Auditorium. A time to wonder at the engineering brilliance of feats like the Fourth Bridge or the towering sculptures of the Kelpies. There's more to Scotland than bagpipes, whisky and breathtaking natural beauty. Come and experience the year of innovation, architecture and design 2016. Come and experience Scotland. It's been known as the Silver City with the Golden Sands, but since the discovery of North Sea oil in the 1970s, it was more popularly known as the oil capital of Europe. Aberdeen might be described as a Jekyll and Hyde, once, in the 30s and 40s, a popular playground for UK residents on holiday, but its golden sands were quickly overshadowed by the black gold of the North Sea. Tourists were replaced by migrant oil workers who brought with them an economic boom. Founded on traditional industries like fishing, textiles, shipbuilding, and papermaking, today's Aberdeen is shifting from oil dominance to high-tech electronics design and development. With the decline of the North Sea oil industry, the city is working hard to rebrand itself as the energy capital of Europe rather than the oil capital, turning to exploration and development of high-tech and renewable energy resources. Also a part of this rebranding is a renewed desire to attract tourists to the city and its surrounding countryside, Aberdeenshire. It will not be an easy task, however. A review of the top 20 tourist attractions in Scotland includes not a single item from Aberdeenshire. Yet the area offers, for example, more castles per acre than anywhere else in the entire UK. And that's just the tip of the proverbial, even if rare, North Sea iceberg. 
Jenny Fraser is business development manager for Visit Aberdeenshire, one of those tasked with revitalizing both business and leisure tourism to Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire. Since about the 70s, when the oil was discovered in Aberdeen, um, hotel rates have become quite um, expensive because the oil workers were coming in Monday to Friday, either coming up for training, up for business in business to business. We also had a lot of contractors who would you know, live down in um, England, but just come up and work in Aberdeen from Monday to Thursday. So they put a huge demand on the hotel accommodation and B&B accommodation, which um, greatly increased rates, which made it kind of prohibitive to leisure visitors and things or you know, tour groups to put on tours to the city just because it was too expensive. Um, I mean, prior to that, back in the kind of 30s and 40s, Aberdeen was a big place for people to come um, during the kind of trades fortnight. People would come up from Edinburgh and Glasgow and, and, and enjoy. We've got a beautiful golden sandy beach. So people would have come up and done that in the past. But, you know, as times have changed, people could, you know, fly away on holiday and also just the effect of the oil industry. Um, it, it made it quite a, a difficult place. And, you know, the hotels weren't fussed about filling their rooms with tourists because, you know, they had this, you know, great oil market mm-hmm. that they could, sure. they could tap into. However, with the obviously declining oil price, um, which I'm sure you're aware of, um, the hotels have taken a fresh look at things and they're like, actually, we need to make sure that going forward, we've got a more diverse market and we don't just focus on the business tourism and the and the oil people should, you know, that increase. So they're now very active in trying to get the, the message across about, you know, leisure tourism. And I mean, the area's got just so much to offer um, and it's kind of a bit of a hidden gem as well, we like to think. So, um, so yeah, that's probably why I would say in the past it's, it's kind of gotten a little bit forgotten and a bit off the off the radar. And you say that it is a hidden gem and it has so much to offer. Let's talk a little bit about the the geography of Aberdeenshire so that our listeners can understand exactly what we're talking about. Because it's an area of the country that stretches literally from the east coast to the edge of the Cairngorms that has everything from beaches to mountains and everything in between, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. It's 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 stunning. It's got something for everyone. About a ten minute walk from the city centre, we've got a beautiful long um, golden sandy beach of about a mile, and in the harbour entrance to, to Aberdeen, we've also got dolphins that um, play about in the harbour entrance, so you can you can go and see them. And you know the coast then goes carries on up north you've got fantastic stunning uh, cliffs um, with little fishing villages that kind of cling to the bottom up along the the, the northern coast of kind of Aberdeenshire um, which was absolutely actually named by National Geographic as one of the 10th most beautiful coastlines in the world wow. um, and it's 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 stunning um, I don't know whether you um, are familiar with the film Local Hero uh, yes, it was actually yes. filmed in Pennon which is in 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 our kind of uh, our catchment up on the north coast and um, which is a beautiful little fishing village I had no idea that was in Aberdeenshire it is indeed um, and then yes as you kind of touched on over you kind of come in over to the bottom of the Cairngorms and the kind of edges of that and beautiful lochs that you can walk around Loch Mick and um, we've got a couple of um, Monroes you can climb um, we've got Loch Nagar and also um, Mount Keen so if you're um, keen on a big hill walk then then there's there's a walks for you but equally beautiful kind of more rambles around um, Loch Mick and things which is just stunning countryside very barren but very picturesque and yeah something for everybody very much so. There are a number of reasons why people come to Scotland, uh, but certainly chief among those, and you touched on them very early, uh, castles, whiskey, golf, and you said that Aberdeenshire offers all of these, and it does. Um, Let's talk first of all about castles, because one of the things I was surprised to learn about when I think of castles in Scotland, you know, what comes to mind is obviously Edinburgh Castle, 
um, <laughs> Sterling Castle, uh, and a few others perhaps were associated with clans. Um, <laughs> Eileen Donan, of course, the most photographed castle, they say, in Scotland. And yet, Aberdeenshire is home to the Castle Trail. And one of the things I was surprised to learn in my research is that there are more castles per acre in Aberdeenshire than in any other part of not just Scotland, but the entirety of the UK. Tell me a little about that trail. Yes, so we're very lucky. Um, we have got, um, I think we're now up to, I think we class it now as 20 castles. There's a new one kind of added on um, this year to the, the, the kind of castle trail. Um, so it's a, a fantastic um, trail that tourists can um, follow. Um, you don't need to visit them all, but it kind of, it, pulls them all together in a nice um, in a nice map. And um, we've got everything from sort of stunning ruins like Donotter Castle, which is just um, south of Aberdeen, which has got fantastic history. You know, anyone that was anyone has, has visited at some point. William Wallace was there, Mary Queen of Scots. Um, it was actually used um, to help kind of hold the, the Scottish crown jewels when um, Cromwell's armies um, decided they were going to ha- get their hands on them, but we managed to hold on to them <laughs> um, at Donotter Castle. And more recently, um, Mel Gibson filmed there, oh God, maybe in the 90s when he was doing Hamlet um, and two years ago um, Daniel Radcliffe and uh, James McAvoy came and they filmed um, Frankenstein as well so it's a it's a just an absolutely stunning castle just right on the cliff face and um, if you haven't seen a picture of it you need to definitely google it and have a look it's beautiful but we've also got the likes of Bomoro Castle which is the holiday home of the Queen um, and the royal family and it has been since um, Queen Victoria and Prince Albert kind of bought over the the, the, the building and turned it into this um, majestic castle and beautiful Royal D side um, you can visit that it's not quite open it, you, you don't get to see her, her bathroom or anything like that but um, you do get to go into <laughs> you, the ballroom wait, and you get can't a wee go bit. In and use the Queen's loo? <laughs> Unfortunately not, but I think they could, they could get more visitors if they offered that, I'm quite sure. Um, but we've also got a number of National Trust for Scotland properties, and um, we've got more National Trust for Scotland properties, which is a kind of charity that looks after all the, the, the many historic buildings in, in the UK, but this is kind of the Scot- Scotland branch. Um, and, you know, you can go in and they're, they're set up in different time periods um, and you get a feel for what it would have been like if a family was living there. Um, and they also, which is great and um, they'll offer um, for kind of private groups and things uh, to have a dinner in a castle which I've done a couple times and it's just the Ooh. most um, magical experience kind of being there in the evening with the log fire going they've got a piper to welcome you when you arrive and things um, and that's a really uh, yeah definitely a special and unique experience that if you can you can do it I'd, I'd highly recommend it so yeah there's really something for everyone if you if you like these kind of ruined castles of Donotter and also um We've got a castle called Slane's Castle, which is just north of Aberdeen. Um, and it was said to have um, inspired um, Bram Stoker to write Dracula due to its kind of um, on a cliff face. And again, like Donotter, very kind of um, brooding and picturesque. Um, so, yes, we've got, got something for everybody, really. And yet all of the castles are not ruins. There are castles. For example, one that has piqued my interest is Castle Leslie. Um, because it was the cl- the the clan seat of Clan Leslie, not that I have any affiliation with the clan that I that I have yet discovered, but my middle name is Leslie, so it does hold some interest to me from that standpoint. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I understand it is has recently um, been undertaken by new owners and has returned to where at one time it offered B and B service, then it didn't. Now it is again a B and B, and there are other castles in Aberdeenshire that offer B and B. So it's not just going and touring ruins; uh, you, you actually can stay in a castle. 
Absolutely. Um, so obviously you've touched on Castle Leslie. There's also um, Fivey Castle. Um, they have got self-catering apartments that, so you can go and you know pretend to be a laird um, or a lady of the estate for, for a couple of nights. Um, there's also a quite a unique experience at Concarden Castle um, in Deeside. Um, the laird still lives in the castle, but he opens up his house to people who wish to kind of um, have a room there for a night. Um, you can have dinner with him in the evening and he's a very entertaining character um, and it can regale you with great stories um, so you get a more kind of um, unique and um, more intimate experience of living in a castle rather than just kind of being in a a and b you're actually kind of engaging with the with the laird and you kind of get a real good feeling of what it would have been like and what you know he'd have he'd a bit about his family history as well which i think just adds adds to your whole experience it's great to be able to connect with the local people and um leave feeling you've really understood you know the background and things to, to these castles because they've got fantastic history yeah, they do, as all of Scotland does. And, and I wholeheartedly agree that part of the reasons to travel is not just to to see sites uh, or see history or whatever it might be, but to experience it. And there's no better way that, to experience it than by meeting and talking and, and getting to know some of the locals and wherever you may be staying. Um, and of course, the, Scotland has that whole thing going where the Scottish are, are said to be the most friendly people in the world. And I would not be the one who would argue that. I would certainly <laughs> agree with that. Um so it, 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 I think that sounds an amazing experience. Um, Balmoral is also of um, it holds a personal interest to me because where I fell in love with Scotland was through, strangely enough, through the television show Monarch of the Glen, which was okay. filmed at Ardvariki Estate in the Highlands, and and Ardvariki might very easily have become the royal holiday, Scottish holiday home, if you will. Uh, Queen Victoria visited and was interested. But I, legend has it, the story I've been told, is that the midges were so bad that they chose not to go there and ended up buying Balmoral instead. I'm sure there was more to it than that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's That's a great a story. story I've heard as well. <laughs> <laughs> so how are the midges in Aberdeenshire while we're there? <laughs> They're, they are nowhere near as bad as the West Coast. Okay. Um, they are much, they are mu- they're much friendlier. Because um, I've lived on the East Coast most of my life um, and went on holiday over to the West Coast probably when I was about 21 and I spent a significant time there and I thought midges didn't eat me until I got to the west coast and I discovered that they do <laughs> um, it's just the Aberdeen and east coast ones are, are, are more friendly um, so and are, are less bitey so yes um, there, I, I would be lying to say there are none but they're as I say more friendly <laughs> yeah yeah well and, and where I've grown up in uh, in the southeast United States in Texas and now I live in Louisiana um, we don't have midges but we have their cousins the mosquitoes and oh. uh, and and uh, I had not experienced midges, but I'd heard a lot about them in planning my, my first visit to Scotland two years ago. And fortunately, I was there in April into about mid-May. And okay. as it turned out, I was leaving the day that the midge forecast said that they would be making their first appearance. And sure enough, my last night, uh, or my next to last night, my last night on the island of Skye, um, uh-huh. I was having dinner with a friend. And we walked out from the pub afterward, and, and he started swatting. And I'm going, what's going on? He said, the midges, the midges. So I, I escaped. Scotland just before um, they hit. And then my second visit was in the, the January, December, January, um, Edinburgh for Christmas and Hogmanay and into January. So I didn't have to deal with midges then. Um, but I have some experience because of Texas mosquitoes. So yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're, they're nasty little pests, unfortunately. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to the more fun things. Um, we mentioned castles. Let's talk about whiskey because whiskey is a big draw, obviously, for a certain segment of the touring population. And again, Aberdeenshire has no shortage 
of uh, distilleries that one can visit. You're part of the, or do you contain the entire Speyside uh, Whiskey Trail? And you also have, though, what I found again in my research, uh, some, uh, not just the big name, the Glenlivets, the, the Glenmorangies, um, those types, but you have uh, sometimes a, a wee small uh, distillery. One that I came across in my research is, and you'll have to help me, uh, in the village of, is it Fettercane? Fettercairn. Fettercairn, okay. Fettercairn, yes. Yes, yeah, so we have got, um, we kind of, the Speyside Whiskey Trail kind of borders between kind of Aberdeenshire and Murray. Um, so it kind of straddles both, but um, we kind of, you, you could do it in a day from Aberdeen. So we, we still incorporate it in, into our marketing as well. Um, so as you rightly pointed out, yes, we've got the Glenfiddich, the Glenlivets, the McCallums, all those kind of big names. But we've also got some some lovely littler ones. So Fettercairn is a lovely one just south of Aberdeenshire that you can visit. They do tastings and tours and things there um, equally as well. Um, there's also one that, um, the one closest to Aberdeen is called Glengeary. Um, it's pronounced not how it's spelled. Um, well, isn't uh, everything in Scotland? <laughs> most things. Most especially, things. especially the whiskies. Indeed, indeed. Mind you, once you've had a few whiskies, it's easy to pronounce anything. So um, absolutely, I would agree with that. <laughs> it's fine, um, and it's probably what it's probably one of my favourites. Um, the whisk, the distillery is actually right in the heart of the village of Old Meldrum, and um, so a lot of the whisky distilleries you visit tend to be kind of a wee bit on the edge of town, and they've got lots of fields around them. But this one's right in the heart of the village, and I don't know, it just gives it a very unique um, feeling. So you kind of have to walk across the the road through the village, which hasn't got very many traffic. It hasn't got much traffic in it being a kind of small village. Um, but you kind of walk across the, this, this road to get in and see the, the distilling process and um, understand how it's made. And then at the end, you get the most important part. You get to taste the whiskies. And this is the same for, for you know, all the distilleries in the, in the area. Um, and you've also got the likes of Belveni. But yeah, there's lots of little distilleries that you can... Um, you know, go and visit. You can do a wee tour. I would make make sure that you have a, dr- a designated driver the day that you want to go and kind of um, visit the distilleries. Um, but what's also interesting is up in um, just outside Dufton, there is the Speyside Cooperage, and that's where you can actually see the guys. Um, they obviously get the bourbon barrels over from America, um, and they sort of re kind of put them together again so that they're airtight. Well, um, they're sealed so that the, the whiskey can't sort of leak out of them and it's amazing them watching them kind of sort of recondition these casks ready for the whiskey to get put in I mean it's an absolute art form um, and it's great to watch them, them do that as well so if you want to take a wee bit of a break from the whiskey you can um, you can do that as well so um, and you know as with everywhere I don't know whether it's the same out in America but in the UK gin has kind of exploded yes, um, yes. and we've got a few kind of um, gin distilleries a lot of the whiskey distilleries will, will do a wee gin on the side as well so there's a local one called porter's gin which is produced in aberdeen but there's also one and it's called Karoon. um and i can't remember the name of the whiskey distillery it's made up but again it's kind of in the space side region so um yes there's a spirit for everybody yeah and, and you're right gin has taken off um in scotland in fact just as we're recording this just a day or two ago there was a new map of uh the various homes of, of various gins that one can tour um, around Scotland that was released on social media. Um, and I did an earlier podcast with uh, friends at Glenmore Spirits Company, and uh, they produce uh, one of Scotland's newer craft gins called Firkin Gin. 
Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, that's an, an issue and a story that uh, that we've been looking at on the podcast and certainly will again in, in the future, I'm sure. Not everyone, of course, comes to Scotland for castles and, and whiskey. <laughs> Most Indeed. of us, a lot of us do, but not everyone does. <laughs> um, I was surprised to learn that if you're the type of tourist who wants to mix in a little education with your touring, with your visit to a, a foreign land, Aberdeenshire has a really eclectic collection of uh, museums, galleries, those types of facilities on offer from the, the Gordon's Highlanders Museum uh, yep. to the Museum of Scottish Lighthouses. What do yeah. you do? Put all the lighthouses in one corner and hold it? <laughs> <laughs> that must be quite a show at night when they all turn their beacons on. I'm, I'm sure it isn't that way. but So, yeah, museums and, and galleries and art is quite a bit of the makeup of Aberdeenshire as well. Absolutely. Um, so you've touched on two of our, two of our biggest Big, kind of big big name ones so well that's me I, I go for the big things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yes they're they're fantastic um museums so obviously the lighthouse one it based up in phrase about at the very kind of tip of our our, our kind of area um it kind of it it's also part of the castle trail and um, i learned recently as well myself um so the, the lighthouse was actually built um within the, the sort of grounds of an, of an old castle i mean it's right at the tip of the um, kind of where the two coasts of Aberdeenshire meet, so it would have been a very strategic kind of point to kind of defend. So it had been a castle originally, and then obviously turned into to a lighthouse. So it kind of just tells the story of, of, of lighthouses and um, all over Scotland and, and, and that kind of thing. And the Paul Gordon Highlanders speaks about the regiment that was um, based in Aberdeen um, for many years until everything was amalgamated into the kind of the, the one kind of Scotland regiment um, going forward. But yes, we've got lots of other museums, including, um, for example, there's the Grampian Transport Museum, which is in a village called Afford, um, and it's got a fantastic array of um, you know cars and motorcycles from all through the ages, and they have lots of great events throughout the year, speed fests and all kinds of stuff um, going on there, which is a, a great one. Um, within the city itself, we've also got the Maritime Museum. Obviously, being a coastal town, um, our maritime history is, you know, vast from, you know, the fishing to now the oil. Um, so, you know, it's a fantastic museum with this scale model of a uh, oil um, rig within the actual um, museum, which is is a great and fantastic views over the harbour. Um, we've also got a couple of tollbooth museums, and these were the tollbooth was the the word for the old jails in Scotland. Um, so within Aberdeen, they tell a great stories about the kind of Jacobites that were kind of um, in prison there um, during the rebellion and things. This these were the kind of the old jails, so it's where they would have um, imprisoned you know the 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 vagrants of our town um, and um, and kept them um, away from from the public. So yes, it's a very um, the one in Aberdeen in particular is got a very sort of it's a beautiful building a very tight spiral staircase that you go around um, and they've got a great museum in there um, with some great exhibits um, and they've also got a kind of a computerized person for want of a better word who kind of tells the story of what it would have been like um, to you know be imprisoned in the jail um, back in the day so it's it's a great museum to to, to go along to um, and we've also got um Farming is obviously a huge part. We've got very um, rich arable land in our in our area, um, and there's a farming museum at Aden Country Park. Um, and again, they've kind of got a an actual farmhouse where they have an actor and an actress 
who's in there and she tells you the story about what it would have been like um, being a farmer's wife back in the day and she's she'll be there cooking a, a fruit loaf that you can then try at the end of your visit. Um, and there's also the farmer um, is on hand as well and he kind of speaks about what it would have been like, you know, and, and the very hard work it would have been, you know, farming a land without oh, all the machinery yes. that you've got today. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's it, we've got a varied mix of things and it really kind of um, echoes with our, our, our past, you know, all, all the kind of um, industries that have been very, very big um, going back hundreds of years. And in fact, we just today, our newest museum opened, going back to prisons, um, is Peterhead Prison Museum. Um, so it was kind of in north of Aberdeen. Um, it just recently closed about two or three years ago when we had a, a new super prison opened. So they've recently opened that just today as a, as a tourist attraction. So you can go and see what it would be like. I'm, I'm in two minds about that one myself, but I will go along <laughs> and see what it's all about. Um, as long I mean, as I don't throw away the key, I think I'd be okay. Indeed, indeed. Because I know I think they've proved quite popular over in um, I'm sure in Dublin they've got got a, a jail that they've, they've opened up to the the, um, the public as and to, to have a look around. So yes, um, we've got got a very varied selection, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> okay. As long as we're touching on, on the the big points, the highlights, let's talk a bit about golf. Again, another major reason people come to Scotland. What does Aberdeenshire offer in the way of golfing for those enthusiasts? So we've got uh, the sixth and the seventh oldest golf courses in the whole world in Aberdeen. We've got Royal Aberdeen, which is the sixth oldest, um, and it was used by the Scottish Open, oh gosh, two or three years ago now. Um, and then we've also got Fraserburgh Golf Course, which is the seventh oldest golf course in the world. So if you want to tick off kind of the, all, all the oldies, then um, it's definitely the place to come. We've also got the Brimar Golf Course, which is the highest golf course in the UK. Um, and it's a great kind of uh, grass uh, parkland course, whereas the Royal Aberdeen and Fraserburgh are more kind of your links courses. Um, we've also got, whether I should mention it or not, I don't know, we've got the international, um, Trump International Golf Links, which he um, <laughs> opened a few years ago under a great storm cloud. Um, you know, given his dues, it's a very beautiful course, um, although um, I, I appreciate everyone's thoughts on him at the moment. So we'll maybe... Um, not, not, not to dwell on that one too much at the moment. Um, but yeah, we've got a fantastic arena. It may become a very popular spot within the next several months. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe he's coming over. I think Trump, he also is on Trump Turnberry now. And I believe he's yes. coming over this week or next week, I believe he's coming over to, to, to reopen that. And then he's going to come and visit us as well. So, um, yes. It, but as I say, it is, a, it is a beautiful course. I mean, it's um, right down on the links in the, in the sand dunes and things. It's, um, I'm not a huge golfer myself, but, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate the scenery and, and things. Um so yeah, there's a real a real mix of, of, of options and, and something for all different um, abilities and levels as well. Um, and another one we've actually got is um, Hazelhead Course, which was actually designed by um, Dr. Alistair McKenzie, who also was the architect, I don't know if that's the right word, or not, for Augusta um, over, over in America. So um, yeah, a, a real variety of different courses that you can come and enjoy. So there's definitely, definitely lots of options. The Scottish people love a good Cayley as well. And for those who may not know, Cayley, of course, Gaelic for party, uh, mm -hmm. essentially. And 
that's my way of leading into public events and festivals because there are scores of those um, across Scotland, not just Highland Games, which of course are very popular, but for example, um, later this summer, they'll have uh, Fringe, uh, the Ed Fringe Fest going on in Edinburgh. You have um, an event that I was hoping to catch when I was over uh, for Hogmanay, Christmas and Hogmanay, but I had to leave just as it started. The I think it's the Celtic Connection, the music festival in uh, Glasgow. Yes, yeah. yes. And and so there are a variety of, uh, it seems like the Scots will have a party at the drop of a hat or the drop <laughs> of a kilt, whichever may be more appropriate. Um, so in terms of Aberdeenshire, again, what are we looking at in terms of uh, public events and festivals that the, the visitor would be interested in maybe building their visit around? Um, well, I'll, I'll touch on the, the kind of the traditional ones um, because we've got the Bremar Gathering, which is probably one of the biggest Highland Games. Um, it's attended every year by the Queen. Um, it's held up in Bremar, which is very close to her her Balmoral Castle, um, and that's where you'll see all your traditional kind of tossing the cabers and um, the strong men bagpipes. It's it's a full on Scottish um, experience, shall we say? Um, and that happens in the first September in uh, first Saturday in September. Sorry. Um, so that's something that a lot of people um, and, and visitors love to, you know, experience, and so do the locals. Um, we've also got the Portsoy Boat Festival. Its its dates change a little bit, um, but it's normally around about the end of June, um, and that kind of just celebrates again, again back to this being a coastal region. Boats were obviously a huge part of our, our, our heritage, so mm-hmm. each year they kind of celebrate. Um, everything to do with boats and fishing um, in this very beautiful harbour of Port Soy. Um, and the whole area just comes alive with music and, um, you know, traditional Scottish music and, you know, the kind of things that the, the fishermen would sing. And it's just a really great, a, a great celebration um, up up in the uh, coastal regions. Um, we've also got another festival that we have during um, October, which is called Food and Fiddle. Um, and that celebrates the fantastic fiddle music that comes from the area. Um, I'm slowly trying to, to, I'm currently learning to play the fiddle. I don't think I'll ever be good enough to get to the fiddle, the Food and Fiddle Festival, but um, I'm slowly getting there. So that's just the Scottish um, vi- Scottish word for a violin, um, if, if, if anyone's unsure. And it's also more to do with the music you play on it. So it's kind of your Strathspeys and your jigs and your kind of Scottish music. Mm-hmm. Um, and also celebrating, as I said, the, the food part of the Food and Fiddle Festival. Um, Aberdeenshire is very much the kind of um, garden of Scotland, I would say, you know, from our fantastic fish that we land at Fraserburgh and Peterhead um, to all the crops that we grow um, on our fantastic arable land. Um, and we, you know, produce fantastic ice cream and all different kinds of food. Um, so it's really kind of a celebration of, of, of all things um foodie and musical in the area um, and within Aberdeen itself we've actually got a, a, a thing called Aberdeen Festivals which brings together 10 of the kind of biggest festivals that happen within um, Aberdeen um, over the year and it includes everything from the likes of a jazz festival um, to a dance, um, music, science, um, there's a May festival which happens funnily enough in May each year and it kind of celebrates a lot of the achievements that happen from our university um, so there's a real mix of different um, festivals and things that happen th- throughout the year. Well, if you get on with the fiddle, um, you're, you're welcome to come visit uh, my home, uh, Texas, uh, because in Texas we have a saying that if you're going to play music in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. Oh, fantastic! Uh, so <laughs> you would be uh, you would be most welcome. I, I can assure you, and I, I know some singer songwriters I can hook you up with. So if you ever need a second career, just you know, call on me. I'll help you. 
<laughs> I, I might, I might uh, take you up on that one. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Well, let's talk a little bit about, we talked about Aberdeenshire, the, the broad county, I guess it's con, uh, considered a council. Um, I'm not quite sure yet on how all that breaks down in Scotland. Uh, but let's talk about the city of Aberdeen itself as a tourist uh, destination, a place to visit or base yourself from if you're going to uh, come and visit the, the broader Aberdeenshire. What's on offer from the city of Aberdeen? It's, it's known as the Silver City because the majority of the buildings are built with granite stone. I was going to say the Granite City, right? That's what I'd heard. Yeah, so the Granite City or the Silver City. Okay. Um, the silver comes from the fact that within the granite, you've got the kind of little silver specks that when the um, sun hits it, it kind of sparkles. So we, we alternate between the two, between the granite, being known as the Granite City and the Silver City. Um, just absolutely stunning architecture. Um, we've got one of the... I think it's the second largest granite building in the world, um, Marshall College, which is now the headquarters for the council, but previously was the the home for um, the university, which is right in the heart of the city. You know, I've kind of touched on, on many things before, like the, the beautiful sandy beach that we've got, which is, you know, quite unusual for a, for a city to, to have that right on its door, literally five, ten minute walk from the city centre. Um, very busy harbour, which, um, as I said previously as well, has got dolphins that um, play at the harbour entrance and they come to feed because the River Dee feeds into the, the harbour in Aberdeen, which is a very big um, salmon fishing river. So these these dolphins have got good taste. Um, <laughs> they're not just looking for any old fish. Um, and you can do tours and um, boat tours out to see the dolphins and they kind of jump alongside the boat. And think, I mean, it's a fantastic experience. Um, and you're pretty much 95% um, chance of, of seeing those. Um, the city also has a great kind of um, collection of, you know, restaurants and bars. We've got lots of award-winning cocktail bars that seem to be the in thing. We're also the home of Brewdog Beer. I'm not sure whether you guys have heard of that or not. Um, uh, well, I have. I'm not sure, that, you know, the, the majority of my listenership has, but certainly, yeah, I'm familiar with Brewdog. You're you're familiar with them? So they actually started in Fraserburgh, just um, about an hour's north of Aberdeen. They've now brought their um, brewing um, brewery to Ellen, which is only half an hour from Aberdeen. And the first Brewdog Bar opened in Aberdeen. And that really sort of set the whole craft beer um, revolution in Aberdeen, kind of gave it a kickstart. So we've now kind of got a kind of craft beer quarter where you can um, visit a couple of different bars that either brew their beer on site or very close to Aberdeen. Yeah. With it being the Garden of, of, of Scotland, as I touched on before, the, the restaurants are fantastic. You know, you've got a great seafood restaurant down at the harbour called the Tollbooth. Eh, not the Tollbooth, it's the Silver Darling, sorry. There's a great um, restaurant called the Tollbooth in St Haven, which is a wee bit further south. Um, but yeah, the Silver Darling in Aberdeen, it sits right at the mouth of the harbour. Um, and you get fantastic, you know, in the summer evening, it's a perfect place to sit and enjoy your dinner, watching the sunset over the beach. Just, just, just magical. And the city's obviously got all the fantastic hotels um, you'd expect and um, we've got all the major brands but you've also got kind of quirky more boutique ones and um, like the Chester Hotel um, Malmaison, um, and uh, the the Markcliffe and Ardo which are kind of hotels that are just a little bit on the edge of town but they're still kind of classed as Aberdeen but they're kind of in old stately homes so you can again get this kind of feeling of, of, of staying in a castle but with the the hotel luxuries that go with it and the city's also got you know great parks and gardens um I think we went for it was there 10 or 12 years we went where we were winning Britain and Bloom every year and it got to the point we said we can't enter anymore um <laughs> because our gardens are you know very well looked after um you know anybody that has heard of Aberdeen might 
you know, put it in conjunction with the, the oil industry. And a lot of people sometimes have this perception of it being maybe an industrial city. Um, and it's really not. We've got fantastic, we've got a beautiful park right in the heart of the city um, called Union Terrace Gardens. And then there's lots of other um, parks and gardens kind of dotted all over the city as well that you can visit. Um, and the museums I kind of touched on a little bit. We've got an art gallery, um, which is said to have one of the kind of best collections outside of London. Um, and it's currently going undergoing renovation. I think it's about £30 million pounds of renovation it's going through at the moment. So it's set to open end next year, all being well. Um, and it'll be larger and be able to have more kind of visiting exhibitions and things. So everyone's very excited about, about seeing that. Um, but we've also got great sort of venues for evening entertainment as well we've got him his majesty's theater um which brings in the kind of like west end shows and um, scottish opera and um, scottish ballet there's a pantomime every year that happens there we've also got the music hall which is also going under redevelopment at the moment um it's it's quite an exciting time for aberdeen there's lots of kind of new things coming on board our airports being expanding and um, we're getting uh, our road systems being improved with uh, a bypass um, and also all these kind of redevelopments happening at the art gallery and also the music hall which is a fantastic music venue um, the likes of your BBC symphony orchestras and um, um, I, I was just there before it shut to see Nicola Benedetti play and um, which was just fantastic and um, sadly some of her skill did not rub off on me but um, <laughs> there's still time hopefully um, and that's also a great venue for Kayleys. Um, I'm a, a avid Kayleigh um, dancer uh, and fan and it's a fantastic place for that. Um, so yeah there's a real kind of a mix of things um, within the city but one thing about Aberdeen is it's because it's not on the tourist trail um, as yet it's it feels like a more authentic experience I would say um, and it was we had a, a, a student come over from Sweden who worked with us for for, for three months and went she went down to Edinburgh and came back and she's like do you know the, the sheer volume of tourists on the, on on the Royal Mile kind of yeah. a little bit took away from the experience. Whereas in Aberdeen, you kind of feel very much like you're seeing a Scottish, a real Scottish city, and you know, obviously it's quite a cosmopolitan city with the the influence of the oil. Um, but there's still you know that kind of community heart to it. Um, well, you're not far away from knowing somebody else and things. It's it's yeah, it's a great a great kind of place. And one place that I always must mention is Old Aberdeen which is not quite in the city centre. So at one point there was kind of two communities of, you know, this is going back hundreds of years. Um, you had Old Aberdeen, which was um, kind of the university quarter and still is. Um, and then you'd have had the kind of Aberdeen itself, which was kind of more the fishing village side of the the, the, the city. Um, and obviously the two have merged over the years. But Old Aberdeen is just such a beautiful area. Cobbled streets, um, buildings that date back to kind of the 13th century. There's a fantastic cathedral, St. Macher's Cathedral there. Um, and as I kind of mentioned, it is the University of Aberdeen that um, still very much um, inhabit that area. And there's like the Cruikshank Botanic Gardens, which is where kind of all the biologists and things study. But it's a great place that visitors can just go and see all these kind of plants from all around the world that they've collected over the years. And there's a number of different museums, like the Zoology Museum there and King's Museum. Um, and it's, it's one of my favourite areas of Aberdeen, um, along with Fitty, which is a little fishing village right um, at the kind of entrance to the harbour. Just very cute little houses that you can kind of walk around the squares and um, residents of all kind of um, outside of their houses. They've got an, a kind of area where they've got sheds and things, but they've 
very much decorated them and made it very, uh, it looks a very creative kind of part of town. Um, and it's great to have a little bit of a wander around before you, you walk along the beachfront. So, yeah, it's, it's a very, very mixed area, but just lots of lots of fantastic things to, to visit and see and do. There is a tourist season. I don't care where you go. There's there's you know in season and off season, mm-hmm. and certainly Scotland to the extent that you have summer, <laughs> that is the the in season time of year, I suppose. But mm-hmm. is there a season in which one should come and visit Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire, or is it truly a year round? Can be a year round destination. So, I mean, it can be a, a year round destination in that we don't get the kind of I think some people think we get these great huge snowstorms, and yes, it does happen, but probably once every ten years. Um, in in my thirty-ish years living, I think I can only think of maybe two particularly bad winters where you know things, you know, traffic was stopped, trains were stopped, you couldn't go to work. So it doesn't happen that often. Um, but personally, we normally would say you know April to October is a lovely time. Is kind of the the best time. Um, and at the moment, with the spring, with the blossom and the trees coming out and all the flowers kind of, it's just coming to life. And I think like many places look beautiful at, that, at this time of year. Um, so, you know, spring is, is gorgeous to come, but also autumn, especially along Royal Dee side, when the trees are all changing colour. Um, you've got the River Dee kind of, um, you know, meandering through the countryside. It's just beautiful. Um, I can see why the Queen likes to come, go there for her kind of holidays from July to October time, because it is just one of the most beautiful areas. You mentioned a moment ago, um, and just in passing, you talked about the airport there. And, and I was under the impression, again, until I started doing some research, that really the only place you could fly into Scotland was uh, Glasgow, Edinburgh, and uh, Inverness, and of course, there's the famous beach runway on uh, the Isle of uh, Barra. Um, But I was surprised to learn that uh, there is, in fact, an an airport in Aberdeen. And so is it easy to to travel into and out of Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire? Absolutely. Uh, We've got fantastic connections. So we, um, within Europe, we've got connections, um, daily connections with Frankfurt and Paris. Um, We've now got um, four four weekly, uh, every four times a week, we've got flights from Reykjavik um, coming in now with Iceland Air, which gives great connections with the the US. We've also got daily connections with Bergen, Stavanger and Oslo over in Norway. A lot of that built up around, obviously, the oil industry um, and the connections between the two. But yeah, daily flights in from there um, and also the likes of Copenhagen, Esberg. um, And then within the UK itself, I think, I need to double check my figures, but there's around about 18 flights a day come up from London, um, from both Heathrow, London City and um, Gatwick and Luton. Um, we've got flights daily from all four of those airports, but also kind of your major cities um, like Birmingham, Manchester, Norwich, these kind of places you can fly um, again daily up into Aberdeen. For Edinburgh and Glasgow, we would normally recommend there's there's no flights, but you can take the train. It's around mm. about two to two and a half hours probably from either of them um, by train. And it's actually a really lovely train journey. Once you come up the, the east coast, you kind of you can appreciate the um the cliffs and the, the beaches and yeah, it's it's a really lovely journey to take between the between all the cities. So yeah, highly, highly recommend that. So yeah, and then obviously we've got we've got connections up to Orkney and Shetland as well, because Aberdeen's very much the um kind of their closest city. So if they've got any medical emergencies, they would come down and, and you know come to the Aberdeen um, hospitals and things as well. But it means that there's great connections up and down to, to the to those beautiful islands as well. So we're kind of like the, the gateway to the to the um, Northern Isles. Yeah. Um, and 
you can also take the ferry up from Aberdeen um, up to Orkney and Shetland as well. So, no, but we're very well connected um, in regards to um, the UK and the rest of Europe. You've touched a couple of times about uh, on the oil industry and its impact. And when I first started planning my first trip to Scotland, Aberdeen was on my list of places I was considering. And I had friends who said, oh, that would be one of the last places I would go because it was perceived as essentially an oil town. And having grown up in the oil fields in southeast Texas, I'm familiar with that. So some of my attraction for Aberdeen disappeared. And I gather that's one, not the case. And two, it's a perception, though, that you and people in your industry industry are having to combat. How do you go about changing that perception of Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire and making it less of an oil destination and more of a tourist destination? Oh, I suppose there's a, a variety of ways we're, we're trying to do that. Um, a lot of it is inviting sort of press people who've got a bit of influence to actually come to Aberdeen and see it for themselves. Oh, well, I could be there tomorrow if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you on our. I'll, I'll speak to Tricker PR and get you on our list. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's that's a huge weight. Um, I mean, I haven't seen the oil fields in Texas myself, but I'm you know all the oil that's kind of collected all happens offshore. So that kind of industrial side of things very much happens offshore and onshore. Yes, of course, there's all the you know all the supply um, vessels and you know the harbour is very busy, which many harbours nowadays we'd love to be um you know to have the sort of the volume of ships that Aberdeen you know sees with the supply vessels support vessels and everything that, that comes in and obviously all the um industrial estates which are more kind of just office blocks on the edge of town um and they don't kind of very much necessarily impinge on the on the city centre um so it's it's kind of a case of trying to get people you know up here with influence to you know see the area um see the castles, the whiskey, the, the surrounding countryside, which is beautiful. Um, and yes, the city has its, you know, we've maybe rested on our laurels a little bit and it needs a little bit of TLC in some areas. Um, but there are lots of hidden gems like, Aber you know, Old Aberdeen and, and Fitty and, you know, the granite buildings of Union Street, which is kind of the main street of Aberdeen. Um, there was just a, a bit today, I noticed they're planning to spend £2 million to kind of spruce them up and bring them bring them up. But I mean, the, the buildings themselves are beautiful. Um so yeah, it's it's all about trying to get these image sort of new images into people's heads, because um, a lot of the images people have, they've just made up. They've heard that we're an oil an oil city, so they just immediately have all these kind of images of oil on the streets and all kinds of stuff, which is just not true. Um, we've got you know getting across the fact that we've got lots of parks and gardens in the city. We've got beautiful old buildings, um, and it's just trying to kind of build up on on, on those images and. Um, dispel any other perceptions that people have of, of the city. I mean, we had a group of um, UK kind of business tourism buyers, so you know, people that arrange meetings and conferences and things, and um, they came up and they're from the UK, had very probably negative impressions of what they expected to find, and they all left completely amazed about what, what the area had to offer. You know, we've got fantastic hotels that are in country house country houses, um, you know, whiskey distilleries, castles. We had a dinner in a castle one evening. We took them on a city tour and kind of showed them the dolphins that, you know, um, you know play in the harbour and um, along the beach. And, you know, they all left saying, this is just not what we expected. Um, and yeah, all left with very, very positive um, positive feelings. So for years, there was there was no marketing for the, 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 the leisure tourists to come to Aberdeen because, you know, as I said, a lot of the hotels and things rest on their laurels. But, but now there's kind of this, this, 
um, desire and, and drive to kind of say, look, no, we, you know, we've got lots to offer. Come and visit us and um, we'll be delighted to welcome you. So that's, yeah. I looked at TripAdvisor, for example, because that's a source that a lot of uh, tourists will um, use uh, prior to and in their trip planning. And there's a list of things to do in Aberdeenshire that's nine pages long, 250 items, and the majority of which that I looked at had four and five star ratings. Can Aberdeenshire, and of course when people visit a foreign country, particularly uh, traveling great distances from the U.S. or other parts of the world, they have usually a limited amount of time in which to see. Can Aberdeenshire compete with the traditional tourist destinations of Edinburgh, Glasgow, Loch Ness, the Highlands and Islands? Can you get the region up and over that hump where it becomes a major destination of its own? Or... Is that what you're trying to do? I, I, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here. Is the goal to put Aberdeen on an even keel or just um, maybe perhaps in second place, but a good second place? Yeah, I mean, certainly when we go out and, and speak to a lot of people, um, people feel, oh, well, we've done Edinburgh and we've done Glasgow and we're looking for something new. And that's kind of at the moment where we feel we fit perfectly because, mm-hmm. you know, you they've still got this desire to visit Scotland, but they've kind of ticked off. The, and, you know, everyone's going to want to visit Edinburgh Castle, you know, everyone wants to look for the Loch Ness Monster and you can't stop people, you know, it's, right. it's, it's it's the iconic images. It's like going to, you know, if I go to France, I want to go to Paris and see the Eiffel Tower the first time I visit. Um, but it's it's trying to kind of get people to, you know, even if Edinburgh is maybe the, the, the first, the thing that initially drives them to want to come here to Scotland, but then kind of showing them, you know, but look what Aberdeen's got to offer, Um you, you get this kind of more authentic experience. And Inverness, you know, God love it. But, you know, apart from from a, 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 a potential monster, monster in a loch and, you know, a lovely castle on the edge. And yes, it's got beautiful scenery, but so have we, but we've got so much more. We've got this fantastic distillery selection, um, great castles, great history, great museums, um, and just, you know, and lots of all of those. So, and, you know, great walking opportunities and outdoor activities and adventures and everything. So um, I, I suppose at this at this point in our, our, our kind of um, Visit Aberdeenshire's kind of career, I suppose we just want to kind of be that sort of next choice for people that have been to Scotland before and are looking for something new or if they are coming to Scotland, you know, we appreciate, or, you know, Edinburgh Castle will probably be the initial draw and it, you know, would be for me. Um, but, you know, just giving them this this option that, well, actually, Aberdeen's got, you know, still can offer that kind of Scotland in a, in a, in a, in miniature, really, um, with, with everything that has to, to offer quite, quite close to each other. See, and I like that because I, everyone told me, oh, you've got to go to Edinburgh, you've got to go to Edinburgh. And on my first trip, I purposely based in Glasgow. Um, mm-hmm. And having now been to Edinburgh, and I'll be the first to say, it was mag- it was magical being there for Christmas in Hogmanay. And yet, we touched earlier on the number of tourists on the Royal Mile, etc. It felt very much like a tourist attraction. Glasgow yep. to me, and, and a lot of my friends don't understand this, but Glasgow to me feels much more like a, it's it's a more real, uh, more natural Scottish experience for me. Um, it's more like going to Scotland than not going to a tourist destination. Uh, and, and I'm gathering from our conversation that were I to visit uh, Aberdeen, I would feel very much the same way that this is a place where I can go and get a touch for what Scotland is really like, not the tourist uh, version of Scotland. 
Absolutely. Um, I remember somebody getting in touch with me saying, oh, um, could you recommend some restaurants in Aberdeen that aren't filled with tourists? And I thought, there are like all the all the restaurants in Aberdeen are very much frequented by by the locals and um, it's yes, it's it's very much more this kind of authentic. It'd be Scottish easier to recommend one that was full of, that that was full of tourists, probably. Indeed, because, yeah, indeed. there are fewer of them, right? Hopefully, we can um, generate more interest in Aberdeen and we get more visitors. Is making sure that you don't lose the very reason that they're coming to visit, which is this kind of unique experience, and that we don't turn into um, another kind of overcrowded um, Royal Mile with every second shop selling, you know, see you Jimmy hats and and, and boxes of shortbread and things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> appreciate people want that but you know you've yeah, got to have a nice and little fuzzy nessies that were made in china yeah i know what indeed you're yeah. indeed <laughs> <laughs> okay well here's your big chance um what's your favorite attraction if i said to you you know jenny i'm coming to aberdeen i've only got a day what is the one thing that i must see oh that's tough um uh, I'm, I'm going to cheat and say if it was Aberdeen then I would say that you absolutely have to go to Old Aberdeen because to me it's just beautiful and then in Aberdeenshire oh my goodness that's very tricky um, that's my job ask the tricky questions <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably say oh, probably to visit the there's, there's just so many different things Maybe there's like a great little day trip that you can go to Glengarry Whiskey Distillery and then visit Fivey Castle. And I think that kind of that puts in a nutshell some of the beauties of Aberdeen, um, Aberdeenshire. What is the probably least appreciated, less known little secret that, a, that you have to come to Aberdeen or Aberdeenshire to, to see and visit that would be probably a really unique discovery that I wouldn't expect to find there? Initially, I was thinking like the dolphins in, in the harbour at Aberdeen. I think that's quite unique. I mean, when we've looked at it, I don't think there's any other city that can can sort of say, you know, come to the city centre and you can see dolphins um, swimming about in, in the harbour. Um, and I think that's that's quite a, a unique um, experience for people. Why, in your opinion, should Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire be a higher priority for visitors coming to Scotland. Why should it no longer be overlooked and be considered as a major destination for a tourist coming to Scotland? I think kind of what I've touched on previously, it's kind of a, a Scotland in miniature. Um, you've got Whiskey's Castle, um, golf if you happen to be into that, right on your doorstep, very close to a city centre which has got, you know, vast amounts of history, um, great museums and yeah, it's just such a special place. You know, you've got from from mountain to sea and everything in between. Um, fantastic food. Um, obviously, I haven't even mentioned our Aberdeen Angus steak, um, which you can in, enjoy um, in abundance in Aberdeen. And it's just, I think it's just an all-in and, you know, lovely people when you get here. And just, just this kind of authentic experience that we've kind of kept mentioning throughout. I just, I think it's kind of, it's unrivaled really because you've got your Edinburgh's in, but it's not so easy necessarily to get to distilleries and all kinds of things. I think we've kind of got everything right on the doorstep um, along with fantastic wildlife from puffins to dolphins to um, seals. Um, there's just a whole um, plethora of, of fantastic, fantastic experiences to be had. So come visit. My thanks to my guest, Jenny Fraser, Business Development Manager for Visit Aberdeenshire. To learn more about Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire, visit the show notes on our website, www.underthetartansky.scot, for several helpful and informative links. 
I'd also like to thank Janet Bailey, who, with her husband Mark, operates the Copper Beach B&B in Crathy, Everdeenshire, for suggesting this topic. Until next time, I'm Glenn Moyer. Tapalev, Agus Alpha Gibra. Under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glenn L. Moyer Creative Communications. For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. And while you're there, check out our online shop where you can buy exclusive Under the Tartan Sky logo apparel and other items. Have an idea for a future episode? Well, get in touch via email at info at underthetartansky.scot. Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where our username is at underscore tartansky. That's the underscore symbol, Tartan Sky. And thank you for listening.